0: Welcome to Homeroom, the podcast, presented by One Church Home. Featuring different guests, hosts, and topics focused on building a solid foundation rooted in the Word of God. This podcast was created for those who desire to grow in the will and ways of Jesus. OCH believes in the God-ordained call for believers to commit to their local church. We ask that you would only consume these resources as supplemental, and not as a replacement for your local church community.
1: Let's jump into the conversation. Well, welcome everybody to our Homeroom podcast. We are back again. This is presented by One Church Home. And today, uh, we are, well, we think we're wrapping up the last portion of this five-part series that honestly we've had just incredible uh, feedback on. And we are dealing with the pro-life, the abortion issue, the Roe v. Wade situation that is taking place in our country. And um, today, uh, I'm joined again by Renee Rizzo, who uh, I have no problem saying this, I believe she is one (laughs) of the foremost in this country on this issue, 20 years of of working in this sector, in the pro-life sector, in the clinic uh, sector, walking with people hand in hand. And so we welcome you back. Thank you. Of course, you've been on uh, all four, and now the fifth <laughs> podcast. In fact, this was very much your idea, I think. So I appreciate it. Um, also, Pastor Steve Berger's with us, and uh, this is a real treat because uh, for the last eleven years, the eleven years I've known you, mm-hmm. you have been incredibly passionate about this topic. Um, you've prayed about this topic. You've preached on this topic. You've encouraged people. Uh, you've loved people on this topic. You've loved people through this situation. Mm-hmm. And so I just can't think of a better two people to mm-hmm. continue our conversation with as Roe v. Wade is quite honestly in the rear view mirrors. And uh, mm-hmm. that's the perspective we're at right now. Yeah. And we are, um, we thank God because we believe we prayed this prayer and that he's answered this prayer. But we know uh, something that a lot of people just are not aware of—they don't understand uh, the trigger um, term, trigger law, trigger term, whatever, whatever that is. And I, I wasn't going to start out right here, but Renee, really quick, can you can you tell us that what the trigger component is to this law, and what people really need to know is Roe v. Wade falls, and it's it's like what's going on around the country? How are each state? differentiated now, yeah, really quick.
2: And as we know, what it means now is it's going to go down to every state. It's a decision. And there are 13 states that have the trigger law in effect. And depending on which state it is, it's going to be an immediate ban on abortion or a 30-day ban or some other legal issues that have to happen. But it will go down immediately in those states.
1: So as, as Roe v. Wade falls, there's 13 states immediately. Abortion is illegal. And then we then are left with uh, the, the remainder, the 37 states that are still, it's legal to an extent, there's probably different laws right. everywhere. And so, we are not done praying as the church, but also, uh, you know, we, it's, it, it, it's a tough topic because somebody can get really comfortable where they're at, the state they live in. We're in Tennessee, it's a trigger state. Uh, abortion has become illegal and people in the church who've been praying about this they're going yeah or you know but what do I do if I'm in New York and I and I and I you know or -hmm. what uh, Washington State or Oregon or something like that where it's a little bit different pastor Steve as somebody who has been an advocate uh, a minister to this everything I described earlier what? You know what is that? What does the church do in those areas? What does this look like in general?
0: Yeah, for those states, yeah. obviously they can't quit fighting. Mm-hmm. They can't relax
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and kind of find some satisfaction or some com- completion in the fact that well, at least in Tennessee, it's being mm-hmm. overturned. No, every state has to fight for it in its state, yeah. mm-hmm. and then do whatever it can to help support. The issue in their state or other states. Like we have to understand, this is a cooperative effort. This this isn't just our state. People in Tennessee need to look and say, how can we help New York? How can we Mm -hmm. help Washington? How can we help Oregon? Mm -hmm. So it it really needs to go both ways. We need to see it as a national problem Mm -hmm. and and quite literally a national sin. That um, you know, this is a serious issue, obviously.
1: We'll, we'll get we'll get to that the sin part in just a few minutes and you know a lot of questions did come in concerning this topic Renee to you and um, a lot of those questions we covered in the last four episodes yeah and um, I, I want to make sure the point everybody who's watching online on YouTube or if you're listening on your favorite platform right now. I wanna encourage you to go listen to our first four episodes. I don't know how this one landed with you today, but go listen to those other four because there is some unique statistics, some real truth, some real action items for the church that, uh, and just people need to know Mm -hmm. as this continues to unfold uh, in our country, but you need to know that. Go back and look at it. A lot of your questions are answered there. So we're gonna take kind of a different approach to some of the questions that came in. And I think initially, Right off the bat, for you in the clinic world, in the professional world, the the area where you have been, uh, you know, so instrumental the last twenty years. If I'm in a state that abortion is still legal, what does the clinic look like there? And then those states that are in the trigger capacity, yeah. what is the the clinic, the medical clinic, the health clinics for women? What what is like? What's the role? Yeah. How does that? I, I know. You know, you can say, well, it continues to be the same in the one way, but the other way, we're still here. What do we do? Right.
2: I think the biggest thing all of the states are facing is there's so much information now about the abortion pill. Mm -hmm. It is now the most common way that women are going to get an abortion. It is going to be sold over the Internet. And so I think the thing that every clinic in every state needs to be educating on is that abortion pill is not safe. If she's especially if she's over 10 weeks and or if it's an ectopic pregnancy, and if she's not getting in a medical exam mm-hmm. before she's being given that pill, then it's not safe for her. And so we are gonna have to not just fight the abortion industry, yeah. but big pharma on the advertisement surrounding the abortion pill. The trigger law states are gonna have the added concern of women much more. Um, depressed, concerned, chaotic. She's going to feel much more in a rush and frenetic, and so we are gonna have to be available to her more 24-7 than ever before and be able to answer her questions Mm -hmm. fast and quickly, or else she's out of this state. She's gone. Um, For the states where um, abortion is still legal, same thing really applies. I mean, we're gonna to have to actually get to her sooner and faster than ever before because now big pharma, the media, yeah. everyone is pointing her to an abortion pill faster, which means she doesn't need to go to a clinic and she doesn't even need to go to an abortion mm-hmm. um, clinic. And so I think that's the biggest thing is we have to get in front of folks sooner.
1: Is this education, I mean, do we have to do we have to make a push in the education sector on this? I mean, because quite honestly, when this this digs deep. It's yeah. like the young lady is pregnant. Yeah, and so that means we have a we also have another problem that we're still getting pregnant. But right, what kind of education push do you think comes out of this?
2: Well, I'm hoping, as you know, I've been kind of working on this at the state and national level, and we are about to launch our Tennessee website, yeah. um, and I'm hoping to be meeting with the governor about it soon, and just getting a lot more energy around it. Every state we're setting it up is going to have a directory of information mm-hmm. and education, a directory of pregnancy centers, social services agencies, homeless shelters, food banks, um, all of the things the places that she's going to need to go to, mm-hmm. it is gonna be at her fingertips. So we're gonna have education and content, and then we're also, through Life, Love, and Other Things.com, we're gonna be also doing that at the national level. So we are trying to get every state up and running um, sooner than later, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of energy around that, because we need to be able to get young people, parents, yeah. youth leaders, coaches, everybody pointing to that yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, so that we can get to her before she runs off.
1: That's really, really important. And Pastor Steve, uh, with your in, endeavor into ASI, Ambassador Service International, where you work with um, and serve, really, politicians here and abroad, uh, you know, you hear stuff like this. Do, like, do you, do you believe that's registering at those levels, the people that you know, the people you're talking with? How, how do you see that shaping up? And pushing in government.
0: Yeah, I, I don't believe that it's registering. I know yeah. that it's registering, which okay. is which is really great news, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's great to believe something, but when you know something, it's that much more powerful. Yeah. And so, um, you know, hats off to Renee and and people like Renee mm-hmm. who have served the country and the cause so well for so many years mm-hmm. because it has made a massive impact and a huge mm-hmm.
1: difference. Amen. Well. I do want to ask you if you would to just kind of give us a biblical perspective, mm-hmm. and I think that is one thing that in our other episodes, you know, we touch on and we we kind of we're here, we're there, and I know people are going, okay, so so what do we like? What can I say to a, a fellow believer who is, you know, that they see the reason why pro life is is a is a big deal, but they also are like, but what about all these other little things that could give somebody a choice? And what does God say about this issue? Yeah, so because it's a
0: spiritual issue, mm-hmm. okay, the first thing that I would say is we have to deal with it spiritually, mm-hmm. which means this, we have to follow Paul's example to speak the truth in mm-hmm. love. Yeah. We don't hold back truth in the name of love because we're not loving if we mm-hmm. hold back truth, right? Mm-hmm. So. Right out of the chute, we have to say, we're, we're not here to hate or condemn or to shame or embarrass yeah. anybody. Yeah. That's, that's not our heart. Right. What we want to do is share truth with compassion because we realize people get in difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Like when I blow it, I want compassion, mm-hmm. right? So why wouldn't For I sure. want to be compassionate to other people that's that right. have blown yeah. it? So we have to start there. This, this is about compassion and speaking truth and love. Then beyond that, we look at the scripture and say, you know, where does this come from? So Steve, you say that, that this is a spiritual issue. Um, if we just did a really quick survey, um, if we go all the way back to the gods, the pagan gods mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that were where infanticide or child sacrifice happened, okay? Right, right. Those pagan gods came into existence through an incestual relationship between Lot and his two daughters, mm-hmm. okay? And so Lot has sex with his two daughters. Those two daughters give birth to sons um, that that produce the Moabites and the Ammonites. Mm-hmm. The gods of the Moabites and the Ammonites um, were Molech. Mm-hmm. And those were the gods where child sacrifice was. Uh, was of offered, right? Mm-hmm. So it was an act of sacrifice. It was an act of worship. It was spiritual to the core from the very beginning. Mm. Well, then you might argue and say, well, Steve, that's infanticide. That's not actual abortion. Well, then we move forward to the book of Amos, uh, chapter 1, verse 13 in particular, and God says something through the prophet to the nation that really is, is staggering, It's staggering because God says that he's going to hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. He's going to hold the Ammonites accountable for the sin, Mm -hmm. listen, of ripping open the women's wombs who are with child. Mm -hmm. That's abortion. Mm -hmm. That God was going to hold them accountable for it. And beyond that, he, he uses language that's interesting in, in the original Hebrew, we miss out on it in English, because it, God says, you did this in order to enlarge your territory, which sounds kind of yeah. strange. It's like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. But ultimately what God is saying is, this act of abortion is expanding the boundary of human decency. Mm-hmm. God recognizes abortion as something that is worthy of his judgment that is rooted in pagan godless worship and expands the boundaries of everything that is human and decent wow. and without getting too graphic we know what mm-hmm. happens right we're talking about yeah. dismembering children in the womb and we're talking about snipping their spines and just you know things we none of us like to talk about or think about right so yeah it's really bad The last thing I would say, you read Psalm 106, where God charges his own people, the Israelites, for their participation in the worship Mm -hmm. of these pagan gods. Mm -hmm. And he he actually says, you have sacrificed your children to demons. God recognizes the sacrifice and the act of worship of abortion to sacrificing to demons, yeah. it is spiritual from its inception. It's been spiritual the entire time, whether people realize it or not. It's not political; it's spiritual.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, do you have I, You know, to add? and
2: it's something that you know a lot of sinners, We all use Psalm one thirty nine, where it says, "You know, God knit us in, in our mother's womb." And I think the thing that always comes back to me when I'm talking to people about faith in this topic is. God is not bound by time. Mm -hmm. So God was a part of the planning of that pregnancy while as unplanned for us as it might be, it's not like he's asleep at the wheel and one slips past him and Mm -hmm. there's a life that's created. And if he's not bound by time, he's created it and and his, his word says that there's a plan I know a lot of times I don't care what her circumstances are and how tragic it might be, God has a plan and a trajectory for even a child being born in the most, what we would consider horrific circumstances. Because I certainly know people, and I'm sure you all know people who have been born into the most horrific circumstances and it has transformed and saved lives. And so Mm. I feel like scripturally, we can't change who God is and His power. Like, because otherwise, we're just saying he's not God, and he was asleep at the wheel, and right. we know he wasn't.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's really that's a really good point too. And uh, I, uh, I, hearing you say that, and then and then you know that even mothers and and the fathers for that matter, who've walked through this, and they've have, they've have taken taken that road, and, and knowing now, okay. Uh, here's where Roe v. Wade is and and, and more education's coming and they, they didn't have the resources then that you know we're talking about pushing forward now and there's all kinds of confusion to that. But you know I think we need to stop and just say this too. I don't I don't care where you're at, what you've been through, what what it's I want to tell you something that God still has a plan for your life, that He still has purpose for your life. If you've made this decision along the way, God's not done with you sure. from um, a very, very compassionate and loving perspective. He's still writing your story, and you are still qualified to live life to its fullest in Him according to His will. And with that, you know, Pastor Steve, I heard you preach a message years ago where you just started off, and it was on this topic, and you just said, this is, this is not the unforgivable sin, and I know that there are there's somebody that will watch this, whether it's right right when it comes out or 10 years from now or 15 years from now, if it's still living on the web, and they're gonna come across this and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna hear this moment. And so we we've heard we heard what God feels and what he he thinks about this. But what about this unforgivable sin? Can you can you dive into that?
0: Yeah, I think what happens is in the midst of the 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 heated rhetoric yeah.
1: mm-hmm. right
0: and sometimes not speaking the truth always in love but speaking the truth out of anger mm-hmm. and yeah. frustration that people think that what they've done is beyond mm-hmm. like as as wrong and as sinful and demonic as abortion is
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's nowhere in this in the same scripture that says that mm-hmm. there's nowhere in that same scripture that mm-hmm. says that the sin of abortion is beyond forgiveness. Yeah. And so without question,
2: yeah.
0: and, and it's not just it's not just for the for the woman
2: yeah.
0: or the young lady, it's for the man mm-hmm. or the or the young man. Mm-hmm. They both need forgiveness because it takes two, as we know. Mm-hmm. But beyond all shadow of doubt, there is forgiveness, there is compassion mm-hmm. if the person will come confess their sin and receive the forgiveness of God right. there, there's no question that forgiveness and restoration mm-hmm. are available it's what God specializes in
1: yeah it's what he does best yes yeah. Jesus
0: died to forgive people yeah. who've committed the the sin of abortion yeah. just like he's died to forgive people like me who grew up doing drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and right. you know every other foul thing under yeah. the sun <laughs> right right sure if there's hope for me there's
1: hope for anybody that's right that's- that's right, and so and Renee, the the resources uh, for people um, who've walked through this. I, I I know that we've touched on this a little yeah. bit, but I want you to expand and uh, on that uh, for our listeners. That uh, hey, like you've walked through this, and here here can be a next step towards healing. Here can be a next step towards the church. Here can be you know yeah. like don't just talk even to to the listener who's walked through this, talk to the church out there that's saying, how do I love people who have walked through this?
2: And I love it because Steve said that this is not a political issue and it's really not. And if we take the politics out, when I think about unplanned pregnancies that have gone wrong and children and single mothers have been abandoned and homeless and poverty and addiction, It's the church and not the law that has failed. Um, We can't create laws to change moral behavior. We have to step into people's stories. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, regardless of laws, we've not done all that we can. I have talked to churches in my own state and maybe less than 10% will say Mm -hmm. this is a topic that makes their top five. Mm -hmm. So if we care about life, womb to tomb, Every church, you know, know, in our church, you know, as we're kind of branching out, we're kind of unpacking that too. What local pregnancy center are we gonna support? What are we gonna do for foster children? What are we gonna do for the nonprofits that help single mothers and the Mm -hmm. children? What are we gonna make sure that within the church, a single mom feels safe to come? And when we do women's ministry programs, is there gonna be childcare? Because she doesn't have a place to put her child, and so, Every church needs to be tackling that topic. Right now, there's, like, we have sat long yeah. enough and have waited for the politics to, mm-hmm. to solve the problem. But abortion rates, I mean, there's 3,000 abortions every single day still. Mm-hmm. And so we have not finished our work in helping them. And then, of course, you know, I love prevention along with you. And I know that's the next thing I would love for you to talk about is we need to not be afraid to talk about sex. At church, um, we talk. We talk about a lot of other hard topics, but we don't talk about this enough. And so, every church really needs to have a staff meeting and go, "What are we doing <laughs> to help prevent this? And what do we do to help her in that moment when that baby's cute? But then, what are we doing to help her until that child's eighteen? Yeah. Because if she's falling through the cracks and he something is happening to those children, that's on us."
1: Yeah. Well, and 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 to be clear, when you're talking about prevention, you're actually, you're actually not talking about, like, uh, birth control. We're talking about abstinence. Yeah. Right? We're talking about the church taking its holy stance back yeah. on abstinence and, and having these conversations with our kids. And, I, you know, I've been, I've been in and around youth ministry uh, for the better part of 20 years and specifically over the last several years with young adults. And one thing that we know, and this is just a statistic anybody could pull, is you know the the fifty percent divorce rate in America. And what I have learned, and Pastor Steve, you you have probably seen this as much as anybody. Uh, yeah, divorce has happened. Uh, divorce um, will continue to happen. Uh, we we don't love it. Uh, we 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 pray that it that it could end and all of that, but. A home is only as broken as people choose to let it be. Mm-hmm. That's that's my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen marriages together where the home is severely broken. Mm-hmm. And I've seen marriages that are split apart, but uh, at least one person stands up and say, I will do the job, and this house is gonna be put together. Yeah. Does this make sense? Like yeah. th- This is something that I've seen. Now I've seen it go the other directions too. But the conversations in the house, the family in this country has to be taken serious again. And really, at the end of the day, when we're talking about life, uh, we're talking about something that we addressed in, I think, our very first episode or maybe the second one, that family is God's idea. Mm -hmm. Marriage is God's idea. Creation, children are God's idea. He is the prince of life. And he's the author and perfecter of our faith, which means that if he's the author and perfecter of our faith and he has given us his spirit, we can do this. That's right. Am I wrong?
0: <laughs> You're absolutely right. Which gets back to even the deeper issue, right? We always want to get to yeah. the to the root cause, yeah. right? So is, a, is abortion the root cause? No. Is the broken family the root cause? Mm, not quite, we can go a little bit deeper than that. Mm-hmm. This all gets down to a condition of the heart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this isn't an oversimplification. People, husbands, wives, need to come to Christ, first of all, themselves. They need to have a vibrant relationship with Jesus that then, when they're married, right, produces godly children, because they're pouring into their kids what the scripture tells them to, and then we're, we're perpetuating godliness in society. Mm. The issue is America as a whole has turned its back on God and the scriptures, and we're reaping the consequences of it. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to get to the root issue here. And so at best, we're putting a band-aid on a deep social problem that is in reality a deep spiritual problem Mm -hmm. that is the result of us Turning our back on the yeah. ways, will, and word of God. Amen. We've got to return to that.
1: So I guess I guess what I'm uh, what I'm saying, what I take away, I think that we didn't say is that we're saying, parents, you can raise your kids. You they, still have permission, yeah. not from us. This is this is what God has given you, steward your family wherever you're at, in it, uh, partner with your local church. Um, like get your kids involved there to partner, but you get to raise them. Have conversations at home about abstinence, the consequences of a life that's lived outside of um, godly abstinence and purity. These these are important issues so that ultimately we don't have to have the big right. umbrella version of this a, picture or this conversation. That's sorry. right.
2: An unplanned pregnancy is so hard mm-hmm. on a young woman no matter what she choice chooses. Yeah. And to Steve's point, and I, I want y'all to drive that point home because you were just talking about how the husband and wife should be behaving and 50% divorce rate, and so I think we talked about that in the prevention episode. The number one influence on teenagers, and they will still say this when we go to the high schools, is their parents. Yeah. Not just what they say, but how they behave. And so when if you are a married couple um, how you treat each other, how you behave online, how you behave on business trips, um, they see everything. If you are a single parent and you've decided, well, I'm divorced and so abstinence doesn't apply to me anymore, your kids are seeing that. And so mm. I feel like the church really needs to be talking about, back to what you just said, about conducting ourselves, whether we're single or married, raising children, how we behave Matters yeah. sometimes more than what we say to them. That's right.
1: Yeah. Well I, I think that's an I think this is I want to make sure that people understand uh, that we are encouraging. Yeah. We are encouraging the family to step up here and to be a part of these conversations in your home. Yeah. God God yeah. didn't give the responsibility yeah. of raising
0: children to the local elementary school
1: mm-hmm.
0: or even yeah. to the to the church family. Mm-hmm. Now the church family can be a great and needs to be a great mm-hmm. support role. I pastored for thirty-one years. Mm-hmm. We we encourage that, but ultimately the raising of our children is the responsibility of the parent,
1: yeah.
0: and and we can't shirk that responsibility. Yeah. You know the 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 far too often. You know, and it's getting repeated mm-hmm. um, even by the president of the United States right now. Yeah. You know that kids belong to the to the teachers. Yeah. Mm. It's like that's not yeah no yeah, parents need one. to step up is what we're saying yeah. mm-hmm.
1: well this is this is good I, I know that there, we're tackling a lot of information and yeah. um, lest we inundate our listeners which is too much to handle in one episode uh, Pastor Steve one last thing from your area you see you see where we're at you, like the temperature the landscape. Of the country and uh, just a a, a post Roe v. Wade world. Uh, first, we thank God. Yeah. Yeah, and then from here, kind of one last time. What do you where do you think we're going?
0: The church has to be ready. And we've got mm-hmm. to be ready on every level that we've talked about. Yeah. We have to be ready in our marriages, in our own homes. We've got to be ready to show compassion to the girl. We've got to reach them quicker, as Renee said. Um, we've, got to, we've got to do more. Mm-hmm. This isn't a time to relax. It's a time to rebuild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we have to understand that. It doesn't mean we can't celebrate a victory, mm-hmm. but uh, this is a, this is a victory in a battle. It's not a victory yet
1: of the entire war. Yeah, no. yeah, that's good. And for you, same thing in your sphere?
2: Same thing. I think the thing I kind of want to keep reminding folks is if anyone is listening to this and they have a question for me directly and you're like, Renee, I didn't remember the website that it, uh, Rizzo at Rizzo.coach, Please just email me. There is no story that you will tell me that will shock me. Um, you will not be ashamed, and I will either get you the resources or you're like, Renee. I want this to happen in my community or at my church, and I just don't know what to say. I will have that conversation mm-hmm. with you because we need to get busy.
1: Yeah. And you've got plenty of resources yeah. at your disposal. You at my disposal. You can push people to as yes. well. Yes.
2: I, 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 don't, I don't claim to know it all yeah. and do it all, but I know how to network really well. That's
1: right. That's right. Well, I've seen you do that, <laughs> and you're not you're not not telling the truth there. You're, <laughs> you're a good networker. And so,, uh, everybody out there, I hope you've enjoyed this series. There's more to come on the Homeroom podcast. I do again want to encourage you to go back to the first four episodes. There is so much there for you to be equipped with. It's a their conversation's far different than this one. Mm-hmm. and uh, and and they just are loaded with content that I think you should have so that you're equipped on every level because you're gonna be confronted with conversations. Uh, for the rest of your life pertaining to this issue and several others, and you will find so much of that resource uh, and what your answer could be or should be or help shape your answer to the Mm -hmm. people that God has you running into on the street on a daily basis. Well, we love you. God loves you. There is Mm -hmm. nothing you can do about it. We (laughs) hope, hope, hope this has blessed you because it's blessed us. Mm -hmm. God bless you all.
0: Amen. Amen.